0: On Tuesday, the Madison City Council took up a proposal to deal with one of the aspects of uh, homelessness here in the city, which many of us think needs attention. And there were a number of comments made during that discussion, and I'm going to go over some of them. But one of them was that nobody had shown up. And... The reason I I thought it would be good to have this discussion is is I have a message for the people of Madison, which is if you want something done, you have got to take action yourself. Um, I got an email uh, this morning uh, on the subject. The email came from someone and here's what they said. Um, They said that they'd recently moved to downtown Madison and They love the city, but they want to know why the Council is consistently fighting with me in my efforts to mitigate the homeless people's behavior which detracts from our downtown. They talk about using the alley behind their home as a bathroom, being hassled for handouts and and some of the other problems. And they ask that the Council be more cooperative with me. they reject the the rhetoric that there are no no other options for the homeless and that perhaps the Council should stop being obstructionist and take these measures. Well that's uh, one of the items that was brought up when Alderman Clear made the really uh, silly statement where he said when all you have is a hammer everything looks like a nail. That is just a false dichotomy. It is either out of ignorance or or out of some political fashion that he comes to the conclusion that the only tool we have in terms of dealing with the challenge of homelessness is a hammer. It is disrespectful to the people who have worked so hard in this city, the folks who sit on the community services uh, commission, the community development block grant people, the housing people, our city staff in these areas, the Madison Police Department, who have all pulled together for a number of years now and are focused on everything ranging from the Rethke project, which we just opened, to the street teams that we utilize this summer, the housing counselors that we fund, the efforts that we put in and the redesign of the multi million dollar public library and the other countless activities that we are engaged in uh, in collaboration with all of our nonprofit partners and the county. We have done many things. And when it comes to specific activities, on occasion, it is required to have a specific program to deal with a problem. Now in this case uh, what we're seeing is a City Council that has shown significant movement this past week. Very frankly I had expected a vote of 19 to 1 on the matter. Instead we had seven members of the council supporting the matter and we had 11, many of whom said, very frankly, that they were torn and they were uncertain as to how uh, they ought to vote on this. Now, if you do a Google search and you uh, go and just put in Portland and homeless or Seattle and homeless, if you put up Portland and homeless, among the images you get, is the one that's up on the screen right now. That's just a sample of what you see in Portland. If you put in Seattle and homelessness, that's one of the images that you get when you uh, look at that city. I made the point in the discussion last week to focus on the Portland situation. Last year, Portland had 88 Deaths attributed to homelessness in that community. 44 of the 88 were attributed to drugs. Here in Madison, if we were to have had the same proportion of deaths, it would have been 35. As it is, we run about five deaths a year, five too many, but a significant number lower than we see in these other cities. If we really care about those who are homeless, we will not only provide shelter, temporary shelter, rapid rehousing, and permanent housing as we have done with Rethke and thousands of other units the city has built, but we will also ensure that those who for whatever reason, often unfortunately by their own personal choice, who choose to live on the streets do not live in life-threatening situations. Now, the Madison Common Council I think has taken a turn this past week. We were not successful in the adoption of the Proposed ordinance, and I'll go into the details of the ordinance in a moment. But we not only had seven votes in favor of it, but even among those 11 who opposed it, it was very clear that many of them were on the fence. Now is the time for the people of this city to act. Now is the time for them. To express themselves to their alders and to make it very clear. I want to go into one of the challenges in detail of what we're experiencing and why the proposal is important. There was a time a number of years ago when in terms of what was going on downtown we had less than a handful of homeless people here at the city-county building. We had five or six people, and there were no problems. Now, what I'm about to describe is both vertical and horizontal expansion. They were then joined by a number of other homeless people who were disruptive whether it was just their personalities, mental illness, or substance abuse. And we began to see the situation in this building deteriorate. Five years ago, I attempted to deal with the issue. I asked the city-county liaison committee, which controls this building, to take actions. Nothing was done. We repeatedly asked for help. We repeatedly asked for reasonable rules to go along with our compassion, but led by Alderman Clear, they didn't take the necessary steps. Finally, just a year ago, finally just a year ago, when we had seen the defecation in the offices, in the judges' chambers, the urination in the elevators, the washing of undergarments in the public drinking fountains and not the sinks that were available. When we had set up the storage lockers, which was now being used both as a bathroom and for sex and for drugs, after we had set up the temporary toilet facilities for when the building was closed, which the private vendor no longer would service because their employees threatened to quit because of the misuse of those facilities. After the sexual assaults, the fights, and the knifings, finally, the committee and Alderman Clear changed their vote under the enormous pressure. And you saw what has happened and how the environment improved. But in the meantime, just as at this site, we had vertical expansion of the problems and the behaviors, we then saw it spread over a period of time to other parts of the city. We saw it at what was referred to as Philosopher's Grove and 30 on the Square. And I might say the actions we've taken At this building and at 30, excuse me, at Philosopher's Grove, yes, it did leave to uh, the transference of the problem, but it's not as challenging, it's not as bad at 30 on the square. But in the meantime, now we're getting calls, particularly from the east side and the East Town area, and the problem continues to spread horizontally. The proposal that we were working on was very simple. People had to pick up their stuff. It's that simple. At seven in the morning, we said what you are seeing on the screen right now was unacceptable. And this is actually an improved site today. The point is, if you allow this kind of deterioration of the place, what happens is it leads to this, to this, and all these other challenges that we've seen in other communities it's not like there aren't any services out there. What eventually will happen if we have rules and responsibility to go along with our compassion is it will get more people to make avail, make themselves avail to the services we have. We've got some chronically homeless people who have refused to go into Rethke. And then there's the fraud. We've already established that many of the people holding signs saying that they are veterans are not veterans. Saying that they are homeless are not homeless. And this gets us to a key part of this discussion. What is happening is where we get the gathering of the homeless. The predators step in. And by their own admission, in a recent Wisconsin State Journal series, people who are housed but who are looking to engage in drinking and drugs are coming to these locations and making the situation worse. Some members of the city council seem to have gotten the message. I get emails. I get stopped all the time as I go around the city. It's not a question of our being heartless. It's not that stupid analogy of Alderman Clear in regards to the hammer. And there certainly is leadership in this matter. Otherwise, we wouldn't have the success of having opened Rethke and all the awards of our partnership with WIDA in terms of more and more affordable housing that we are constructing. It's time to get on with some progress in this area and controlling dangerous and unsafe behaviors in public space that belongs to everyone which should be free of needles, urine, defecation, sexual assaults, that is not unreasonable. I'll be glad to answer any questions.
1: So are you going to continue to push the same proposal or do you have something new you want to put on the
0: table? (coughs) Well, there's two things on the horizon. One is to deal with the dangerous panhandling in the road right-of-way. As you know, there have been traffic accidents and deaths from coast to coast because of that kind of panhandling. Madison has had an ordinance like that, which has some technical constitutional problems. We've got them fixed. They've been languishing in referrals to committees for months now. I expect one day that it will come back to the City Council. I think it's critical for the safety of this community, both so that the people panhandling do not experience what's taken place in New York and California and throughout this country getting run over and killed, as well as creating accidents for distracted drivers. That's one item. And secondly, uh, after 90 days has gone by, which is the legal requirement, we will reintroduce this ordinance, and there may be others.
1: You're going to reintroduce the same
0: The same ordinance, proposals. yes.
1: If given the fact that they were rejected, I mean, is that prudent? I see
0: two very important variables as we approach uh, the, the, the coming months. One is that we had... Many of those 11 council members who voted no on the fence and acknowledging that publicly in the discussion. And secondly, the engagement of the public. The engagement of the public in terms of contacting city council members is vital to this discussion. What what I think has happened is this. For so many years there's been so much constant rejection of reasonable rules and regulations to go along with our compassion that basically the public has given up in terms of showing up and appearing at council meetings and letting their council member know how they feel. Now some of the most frustrated continue to write in. I certainly get uh, messages from them uh, on, on a regular basis but uh, those are, are, are two changes I see uh, coming in terms of further public discussion.
1: Why not come up with a new, like work with some of the people who are the biggest critics on this and come up with something new that might be... I'd followed. love to
0: if they had a suggestion. You'll, 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 you'll recall in that discussion people kept on talking about let's come up with something else. The phrase, something else, is not a solution. That's bullshit. What we need is something specific that we know addresses the problem. I am not interested in criminalizing. What I'm interested in is reflected in that ordinance, which has minimum fines, which we're really not interested in at all, is simply giving police officers the ability to tell people they have to do what's, what's prudent and reasonable. We're not interested in arrests. We're not interested in in piling up fines and forfeitures. We want to change behavior. And we've tried other things. I think Captain Glady uh, made that clear in response to Alderman Clear's uh, hammer statement. Because up until now, whether it's the city parks crews who are going through the area trying to do their daily job of cleaning up or it's there being accompanied by the police. We're not getting a result. And as I said before, you don't address this, the compounding gets worse. Where it used to be just a few people sleeping in one place, we've now got issues with human waste. It's gotten so bad in some areas that the odor cannot be removed. And problem of the needles which is only getting worse as the national opiate epidemic continues.
1: You said it been established that people who are claiming to be veterans or homeless aren't. Uh, How has that been established? Say what? You said that a lot of people who's holding a sign as yes. a veteran aren't really yes. you said that's been established. how has that been established. Well
0: how in we one instance we, we, we had a police officer who was just having a casual conversation with somebody who was holding a sign saying that they were a, a veteran. And when they got into discussions about uh, certain certain things that you would have to know if you'd been in the military, the fellow clearly was not ever in the military. And then we've also got one fellow we know quite well, a different fellow down on State Street. You probably all know him and have seen him. Homeless vet, uh, looking for the love of a good woman. Uh, we know enough about his background. He's not a veteran. Just to
1: clarify, on the reintroduction of the ordinance, is it just the one
0: ordinance that was voted on Tuesday? That you, that you well, that's where, we're, uh, the two things I'll start with are the reintroduction of last Tuesday's ordinance, <coughs> and uh, await the vote when we finally get it out of committee of the one dealing with the dangerous behaviors in the roadway, which includes panhandling. I mean, you know, people said, well, nobody in Madison uh, has been run over and killed while panhandling in the medians. Well, that's right, because we prohibited it for the last 25, 30 years. But if you go to California and to New York and everywhere in between where this is going on, as we've gone in previous press conferences, you Google it up, you will see the tragic stories. And of course, the worst one uh, is the driver who gave a woman a donation, and then the panhandler ran in front of her, and the driver uh, ran over and, and killed the panhandler. So how would this, the, the, the ordinance
1: that was reduced on Tuesday help mitigate
0: the problems you Alright, so instead of having the situation that you can witness right now on 30 on the Square and uh, the accompaniment now of worse standards of behavior with a lot of people who are not homeless coming into the area and the drug use and, and all the other things that happen, If people picked it up and if we had rules for behavior, we would then not have the escalations of behavior. Of bad behavior.
1: Where do you think, if the ban were to pass, where would people put this stuff?
0: Well, one thing we're asking is simply pile it up neatly. It doesn't have to be removed. We're not saying that. Just pick it up so it's not the feeling that we're walking through somebody's 12-year-old kid's weak mess with underwear and and clothing and bedding strewn all over the place. That's all we're asking.
1: So it's not a total ban on having people's belongings.
0: It's not a total ban on belongings. It's not a total ban on sleeping. It just says as we get to this part of the day, pick it up store it neatly don't create an environment that then creates the challenges that we've got at this site the challenges we have at this site which have escalated into heavy drug use a lot of people who are not homeless coming down to the place Mayor, did you believe that this was inevitable once uh, the measures were taken to uh, eliminate, restrict and eliminate people from sleeping uh, under the eaves of city This out? was not inevitable. It was inevitable that they would have to find a place to sleep. But this kind of chaos and associate, associated escalation of unsafe behavior, that's what could have been avoided.
1: In that picture, if those items were in a box or a bag or something, just not entering into the sidewalk, it would be okay?
0: Certainly. We had a storage area a year ago right across the street. We set up a secure storage area. And what happened? It was used by some selfish people for sleeping, for relieving themselves... And then others, on top of all that, were having sex in the place.
1: So if this stuff is stored neatly and people aren't sleeping on there, do you think that the congregation will end? It will
0: help in terms of the congregation and some of the bad behaviors, yes. How? I mean, it's a fundamental concept in terms of place and how people treat a place and how its behaviors escalate. You have once. Oh, any other questions? Okay, thanks. Is that a
1: camera video available to us? No. In any way?